This podcast is brought to you by NetApp and produced in collaboration with Presidio Federal and GovExec's Studio 2G. Today, federal leaders know data is worth protecting. In a world where security threats and ransomware attacks are continuously increasing, there's never been a better time to focus on network security. With NetApp on tap, your agency can leverage data to build a zero trust network that keeps bad actors out so you can focus on the mission. Learn more at netapp.com. And while you're at it, check out how Presidio Federal enables you with the most advanced technologies to meet your mission IT needs. You can find out more at www.presidiofederal.com. Among federal IT leaders, the word security seems to insert itself into just about every conversation. There's a reason organizations are hyper-focused on protecting data and critical assets. According to one report from the Department of Justice, ransomware attacks within the United States have skyrocketed by 300% since 2016. Data breaches and security threats have grown in complexity over the past few years, with malicious actors frequently targeting defense organizations and other government agencies. And the shift to remote work has forced organizations of all types to think critically about their existing security posture. The time for government IT leaders to prioritize cloud security is now, but that's a tall order, especially for agencies that are short-staffed and may be lacking the proper resources. Where do they even begin? To help answer that, we're pleased to introduce Security Stories, a new podcast from NetApp, where we explore how government agencies are thinking differently about security in 2022. I'm your host, Troy Schneider, president of GovExec360. In this first episode, which is presented in partnership with Presidio Federal, I'll be sitting down with Wanda Jones-Heath, the Principal Cyber Advisor for the Department of the Air Force. She joins me now to discuss what it will take for agencies to ensure their cloud networks remain secure amid evolving threats. Ms. Jones-Heath, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you for the opportunity to share DAF insights. I'm excited to be the first of the series. I'd like to begin by asking you to walk us through the current state of cloud security and more specifically what the Air Force is considering and prioritizing as it pursues cloud transformation. Let me just start by setting the stage with some initial thoughts. The department recognizes that the strategic landscape has changed. We have to elevate our mindset around security. And along with that comes modernization and transformation, which are two components that we are currently working. We clearly understand the fast changing pace, understanding that the adversary never stops. So to do that, my focus is the cybersecurity and cyber defense posture. Now to answer the specific question on the cloud, Our journey started a few years ago. Present day, we have what we call Cloud One as our enterprise solution for the department. It's really about access, data protection, and then security. The architecture being able to harden the approach around our security design. Part of the strategy is ensure the security is there and that we double down on making sure that it is a prominent piece of our design. We did something very unique a few years ago for Cloud One, and we did a Hack the Air Force event. That was our way of really ensuring that the Cloud One security posture was intact. So why cloud? 
we get this question all the time from our customers. I talked about the access. Well, let's put on our security lens. One, it reduces the adversary's attack surface. We know that the adversary is active and is always looking for ways to infiltrate our networks. Our cloud strategy includes providing core services, especially security protections and inheritance, so that each individual program does not have to go through the entire risk management framework process. Even outside of security, our return on investment from data storage, opportunity to divest legacies. You know, when systems were designed many years ago, security was not even part of the discussion. And then refactor a lot of our systems as we modernize our applications. And then lastly, increase performance and reliability. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what we often forget our workforce. As we race to the cloud, part of that is having the workforce that supports that. Cloud architectures, security architects, data analysts are all part of the strategy of moving to the cloud. I'm glad you mentioned the workforce because the Air Force has been a leader in cloud with Cloud One and some of the other initiatives you mentioned, but has also been innovating on the workforce front in a slightly different way with the hybrid work environment that everyone needed to do over the last couple of years for COVID safety reasons. Could you talk a little bit about what those hybrid work environments mean for security challenges? That's huge. Let me start by saying that we demonstrated that we can still operate. We pivoted fairly quickly during the heightened part of the COVID-19 pandemic. What we realized is we need to still do our business. The mission did not stop. So part of it was ensuring that we had the right posture in place. And part of that is how do we think about security in that environment? I always say that security is a team sport. Our network provider, 16th Air Force, our users, whether they are airmen or guardians, and then our security professionals. We all have a place in the security of the enterprise. A couple of things come to mind. You really need to know your network and who's on your network. Do we have enough capacity to stay in this environment, this telework environment? Does our infrastructure withstand the extra capacity, our endpoint protections, whether you're accessing the network from a station or building versus your home brings a different type of experience for the user. So increase our security awareness at all levels because we can't just do it as a security professional. It really takes a lot of forethought from the user as well. Knowing anomalies on our system, when you have access points from various directions, just being vigilant and understanding what does it mean and why is this environment so different? You can't stop moving forward with security. You have to continuously think about what is happening in your environment as you change. And I think that point of you've got to know your network is probably part of the answer to this next question. But let's talk about ransomware a little bit. How does the growing threat of ransomware come into play? And what should IT leaders and other organization leaders keep in mind to ensure that they're detecting and managing these threats before they become crises? The adversary, whether individual or state-sponsored, continues to be active. 
We know that, we recognize that. It gets back to the mindset of security. We are a digital enterprise connected across the world. Understanding the vulnerabilities and the cybersecurity and cyber defense posture is a must. How do we do that? We can't wait in some regards to what the adversary is going to do. It takes a proactive approach, whether it's offensive or defensive. What tools do we need? What expertise? Going back to that workforce, what partners security posture looks like? other federal agencies, and particularly our defense industrial base. What do they look like and how are they managing all of the active threats, protecting our crown jewels? It really, really boils down to continuous monitoring across the enterprise. It's a never-ending approach because we all know and recognize that security is not a destination. It's really a journey. And we have to be proactive as well as, in some terms, reactive. And we know that the Air Force and other federal agencies are not going to respond to a ransomware incident in the same way that a city government might payment's not really an option, but the threats and the defending against them are common at all levels of government. Absolutely. As I mentioned, we are a digital enterprise, not just the department, but the entire nation. We're so connected that if an adversary is able to infiltrate one area, there is the strong possibility that they can move laterally across, up and down. So having collaborative approach Understanding who's connected to us and how is very important to have the big picture and to have the total picture. It's not just our enterprise. It is the big E enterprise that we have to be concerned with. And at the federal level, it is both a blessing and a curse sometimes that there's a lot of security guidance and a lot of controls that are required. How can organizations ensure that they're following the guidance from the Biden administration's cybersecurity executive order and the many other directives that are centered around improving security? Sure, that is an absolutely great question because it is a great time to be a security professional. The continued emphasis from the EOs, from the other guidance, makes you appreciate the fact that we are now getting more recognition, which helps us step up our game. We need to look at policies that are not effective. We need to modernize, lessening the burden on our legacy systems and applications, address security at all levels, make sure that we understand what it means to be a national security system, enhancing the security posture of those systems. Our weapons, our crown jewels, our critical assets are all part of the process. I would also add the department has done a fabulous job in our software development using Platform One inside of Cloud One. inclusion of security in the software development cycle, pressing ahead with our factories as a model for DOD. I I think we've done an absolutely wonderful job in that, but it's always opportunity to do more work. When you talk about incident response and when the adversary is successful, what does that mean from a cybersecurity professional's lens? When you look at the NIST framework, identifying the threat, protecting against that threat, and detecting if a threat is there, how do we respond and recover? 
those are key aspects that weigh heavily on what we have to do as a huge enterprise. And as I mentioned before, it never stops. And having those executive orders and directives, some people may see that as a negative, but actually I see it as a positive. It just gives me more opportunity to wave that security flag and say, hey, this is a team sport and I need everyone, not just leadership, but everyone, non-security professionals and security professionals to be on the team to make sure that we are protected. So can you explain your role as the Department of Air Force's principal cyber advisor and particularly talk about the sort of challenges that you're currently tracking? Being the principal cyber advisor, the first one for the department in every service by law has a PCA. It has certainly been a eye-opening adventure. I've learned more in the last six to eight months that I've learned over my 32-year career. The reason I say that is because having this opportunity means I get to see more into the offensive and defensive cyber Working with U.S. Cybercom and NSA and across the entire DAF portfolio in cyber allows me to now do my job. As the advisor, the boss looks at me as the link across the department, bringing all of those stakeholders together. What I've found is we are siloed and we have a lot of great opportunities, a lot of initiatives going on, but the culture shift to look at it from the operational lens is what I'm trying to do. By law, I work for the Secretary of the Air Force and he recognizes that cybersecurity is very important and he's giving me the leeway and the authority to press ahead. We know that cybersecurity is a journey, not a destination. It's never complete thanks to the adversary who gets a vote, that we are always vigilant in everything we do. My major focus is to better understand the entire portfolio, the cybersecurity and the cyber defense posture. What are we doing to protect our assets, to ensure that we understand the challenges, the vulnerabilities, and then how do we mitigate those? You can never mitigate every risk, but you can understand the risk associated with a certain asset and the mission so you can make the right decisions. So my going in position is to synchronize the DAF approach to mission assurance, have an integrated vision and actions, look at our talent management at large. Do we have the right tools, automation, innovation? Our investment strategy in this portfolio are the things that I'm maneuver around on a daily basis and then finding those targets of opportunity to increase the posture to make sure that we're successful. So I'm having fun. I love what I do and I see the impact every single day. And there's no shortage of that work to do. So I think that's a great place to end today's discussion. But Wanda jones thank you so much for joining us today for this podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thanks as well to our listeners of this pilot episode of Security Stories, a production of GovExec Studio 2G in collaboration with NetApp and Presidio Federal. If you liked this podcast episode, you can find others like it on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or at govexec.com forward slash podcasts. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Security Stories, brought to you by NetApp in collaboration with Presidio Federal and GovExec's Studio 2G. As the security landscape becomes increasingly complex, make sure your agency is equipped with the tools to keep up. Learn more about how NetApp can help at www.netapp.com and find out how Presidio Federal can connect your agency with NetApp's suite of capabilities and other leading edge technologies at www.presidiofederal.com.